Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Okay, so yeah, let's get on with the show indeed. Denise, please introduce our guest this week. I'm really excited to be introducing Heather because we're brand new friends. We just came across each other in a group that was nothing to do with hypnosis and said, oh, a hypnotist. <laughs> so, and very kindly, Heather came early to this morning because she's up in Calgary, Canada, and I'm in Delaware and Martin is in Preston. And this is a worldwide movement to get people to understand that hypnosis is really useful. So Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Where would you like to start? Would you like to explain how you found out about hypnosis? It's always fascinating. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm glad that you picked me out of that group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I have a couple of stories about how I found hypnosis, but the main one was really after over a decade of doing my own self-healing and trying different modalities and, and really delving into the world of, you know, heal thyself and trying mm -hmm. everything. I had a, a moment where I was like, oh, right. Hypnotherapy. And it was at a time in my life when I was feeling like I'm fully aware of why I'm doing the things are maybe how I got here, what the programming is, what the childhood stuff was like. But I really was just having to succumb to the involuntary triggers and responses. And I knew that it was part of my conditions, like I had some skin and lung conditions. Mm -hmm. And so I looked it up online, I found a training close to me, it started right away, I took my baby and my family, you know, to to another city and started the training. And it really was as soon as I was in the training, becoming a hip, starting to become a hypnotherapist, I had a huge uh, release and moment that I just knew everybody needs to know about this. Very similar to mine. I was I was a physician. I had to retire because of health. And I thought I was going to be a health coach. I, I trained as that because it was something with my brain while it wasn't working. And I just happened across an introduction to hypnosis. And I took a week of it. I, I thought I was just going to have some idea. And I went, whoop, this is what I should have been done doing for years. And I was so furious when I found out that our respective medical associations agreed back in the 50s when Elman and Boyne and all those people were, were training. And, and still we're fighting that. No, it's not woo-woo. It really is a real thing. No chickens needed. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting how it got just eliminated yeah. from, <laughs> from psychology. <laughs> it's, it's the same over here, Heather, in the UK. We have... Um... The, the I think it's the National Institute for Clinical Excellence, NICE, and they set the guidelines for healthcare and one thing and another and the recommendations, and they recommend hypnotherapy for so many things, but our National Health Service won't pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you know, I think that's what's been so helpful for me in my career, you know, being in this for so long. When I really look back, all I did to grow my business was to teach people about hypnotherapy and really what it can do. Mm-hmm. And it because it was more of the fact that people didn't know and like me tried so many other things before getting to it. And then some people just never get to it because they don't really understand how effective mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's I had uh, an initial consult with a gentleman yesterday and and he was saying, well, I want to do it because I ha- it was for fear of flying um, because I have to do something. But I, I, I don't understand why it would work. <laughs> it's OK. Just believe it will. <laughs> it's, it's like my mother's theory on flying. You know, I don't know how it stays up there. I'm not really going to get on that thing. It took her years to take her first flight. <laughs> right. So, so what what did, did what was your career prior to hypnosis? Oh, you had the baby. <laughs> I did, but I actually had a career in hospitality. Like I managed uh, restaurants. I had a gourmet catering company with my husband at the time, and uh, yeah, I I had a customer service uh, background. That's helpful. I I built my business by I had clients or customers I guess that would come to different restaurants that I worked in and so Mm -hmm. once I found hypnotherapy I would say to my customers like oh my gosh like I Mm -hmm. come do sessions and that's really how I built my business yeah that's great Mm -hmm. Did, did you find though um the background in the hospitality trade gave you that um, experience of being able to just listen to people and build that rapport because, you know, in the hospitality trade, good rapport is essential, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I joke because when I used to manage other people like uh, wait staff and such, and they would be grumpy in the back or like kind of mad at customers, I would say, you know, you got the wrong job. Like <laughs> I'd be happy like getting people the things you ask, they ask for, that's literally your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that yes, but it's also a type of person that likes to do that type of work. Mm-hmm. The thing I think that the two of you have an advantage over me for was I was emergency medicine. I did peds too, but I mostly worked for in emergency medicine. So I was completely divorced from the billing. I had people yelling at me to put the right codes down so they could build up. So it's always, I'm way better than I was at first, but it is so hard to tell people I want money from them. I'm not the most expensive I've ever heard of, but I, you know, and I will do sliding scale for people. But I, I honestly, I think if people said, no, I'm not going to come if you're going to charge me money, I promise, oh, that's okay then. Which is really silly because in order to do the things that my ambition for is to get this in front of more doctors so i need more clients so they can go back to their doctors i always require them to give me permission to talk to their doctors um to to get more people and they'll have a living client patient client who has had success with hypnosis and that's what doctors need to see that it it works for regular people very true very true i've had lots of recommendations from doctors over the years i had one Mm -hmm. doctor all of his patients basically because of one that I'd helped. But I think that's also really great of you to share that with your listeners. You know, the things that you're still learning for yourself and the parts mm-hmm. that are hard 
because that's the aspect of doing this type of work and being a healing entrepreneur that it's often difficult because we're not just in the role of helping people. We're also entrepreneurs and business people because you don't become a hypnotherapist and then look through the paper to find a job. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe in really large, I think in New York city, you might have a chance to do that, but there's also a lot of hypnotists in New York city here in Delaware. There's very few. I had my first clients. I would, I had like two or three in a row who said, Oh, my therapist told me to see a hypnotist two years ago, Mm -hmm. but they just said, go see a hypnotist. Didn't give them any guidance on how to find one. (laughs) <laughs> and so I was the first one they'd met, so, which was nice because I had three clients, one, two, three, but it, it's a disservice to them not to be visible. So. Uh, I mean, for me, that sounds great because when I started like 12 years ago, nobody was ever recommending it. And now, you know, so many people talk about it on podcasts, like people will come mm-hmm. and say, oh, I heard it on a podcast, like now there's blogs about it. Like there's so much more awareness about it now that I just think is awesome that a therapist is even saying that. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. think there's, there's a there's confusion about terminology, I think, all of the time. There are, there are people who practice hypnosis, but only use, there's one or two techniques that they use. And that's, that's very true. We all know about avatars and how we're supposed to have an ideal client, but it helps with so many things. How can you say, I'm sorry, I only do weight. Go away, smoker. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that you can help people with. Definitely. And it, it, it just so frustrating for me. I'm sorry, Martin, I overstepped. Go ahead. No, no, not, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, no, I was going to ask Heather, tell me a bit more about your practice. So all I know is you're in Calgary, Canada. Tell, tell me give me a picture and it's snowing today like. yeah <laughs> we got the snow like snow yeah. so tell me more about your practice are you, are you online are you mainly online do you have a um, yeah I am, operation yeah so i built my business as an in-person hypnosis training and in-person hypnotherapy practice up until two, 2020 so um, in Saskatchewan, Canada, so in the province uh, colder and, and uh, not too far from here. And then in 2020, I went online like so many people. Mm. And then I just stayed online because I actually had a training booked. I, I was starting to expand to other cities to do my training and they were booked and then everything got shut down. So everyone still wanted to learn. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I moved all online. And in those days, I just did like full days of Zoom like we would in person. Whereas now, now I have an online portal where they get weekly videos that are pre-recorded. And then they also have it forever, which once I got online, I loved the model so much because of say something like that, where they have access to the content of the training. So once they start practicing, they can come back to it because some of it you don't even really get until you're really in right. it. And that's all the stuff that's in my training, just like all the stuff I wished I knew along the way. And then with my personal practice, I also kept it online because I felt like once I was able to cross over the threshold, so to speak, and I could feel what the client was feeling like I could when they were in person. It took me about two months to to get to that, where it really happened. I thought, 
okay, I can keep doing this. It works. It works. <laughs> I felt really confident in it. I kept it online. Um, and, and because of the results being better, the convenience, being able to work with people all over the world, but also for my own uh, location freedom, it just fit all the boxes. And I still do do one-on-one uh, -on -one hypnotherapy, although I don't, I have longer programs. Did, did you find Heather then as you sort of changed over from face to face to online. Um, mm -hmm. We look for different signals now, don't we, in the face that, that we did previously. You know, we, we, when we see somebody face to face, we're looking for entire body language. Right, of course. Um, but mm -hmm. I found my sort of talents at being able to read facial expressions far better um, mm. since, since going online. I love doing online. I absolutely love it. Um, like you say, okay. it expands your client base, doesn't it, around the world? Well, and I, yeah, you know, for me, I don't, I do, I do limited one-on-one -on -one hypnotherapy. I have longer programs because I work with mostly complex issues because I'm the trainer of so many of the people, nice. like mm. I have so much experience, but also most of my one-on-one -on -one work right now is uh, coaching other hypnosis professionals to build their business and do tech. I even write copy for them and their programs and their pricing because there's so there's just so many aspects to the business part of hypnosis that like Denise was saying, we need that money. No, well, it's like <laughs> we work. We need and that actually, but can I can I ask a, a a tangential question? But for the hypnotist watching this now, she didn't just get successful once she was online. I think there is a fear that it takes years and years and years. I mean, it, it, it's not, you don't walk out with your little diploma and have 50 people at your door, but you can become self-sustaining <laughs> with some work. And it's a good idea to get into a business coaching of, of just that. Most of the schools teach, so, you know, this is what a business card, oops, that was anymore. This is what yeah. a flight, nobody does that anymore. So up-to-date business coaching is really important and, and support just knowing other hypnotists because we often especially if we're taking online courses we don't have that interaction Ooh, i have so much to say about that I'll, i have <laughs> so much to say to that i'll may i'll put it in a little package for you oh, okay great um, they'll be in the show notes <laughs> yeah this is this is it you know there's there's a couple of different aspects to this that i find are generally missing from somebody wanting to build a sustainable, profitable, ideally full-time practice. Mm -hmm. You know, my practice has been full-time for over 10 years. It's my only thing. It pays for all my bills, for all my son's bills, everything. I haven't done anything else since. And the, the first thing most people don't like to hear, but what it really is, if you're putting yourself in a position of where you're helping others, if you're not actually continuously increasing your capacity within yourself and starting to understand your own mind and really finding ways to, I don't, I don't really like self-improvement or self-development, but more in the sense of like tune into yourself, feel through your own stuff. So you're not coming to your sessions, diagnosing people or thinking you're the yeah. authority over them. That's first and foremost, you know, like, 
the more you expand your capacity, the more people will come to you, whether you have a great marketing plan or website or not. And that's where you, we need help, right? Like who's going to buy a package from you if you never bought a package from somebody else? Like it just doesn't happen. And then the second thing is the business coaching. You know, I find it's just, it's just, while we do have the resources within ourselves, like for our life and to handle anything in our life, we really don't create a successful, profitable business if we don't um, hire other people to help us do it. Like I have two right. coaches right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that's I think it, you you need to have been in the coaching world a, a while before that stops sounding weird. Yeah. <laughs> but aren't they supposed to have fixed you? Why would you need yeah. another one? Well, because because the goalposts move. When you achieve something, you can see a little bit further. <laughs> Well, and you just don't know what you don't know. And you exactly. can learn. I learned a lot along the way that I, I now when I look back, if I'd had some coaching in some areas, I would have been a less, like not necessarily less challenging, but there's some things I would have known. Like even now I'm looking into like, what, you know, what don't I know? Because it's, it's okay. It's just a slower grind. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, though, I do find this happens. Uh, this is a bit of a plague in the hypnosis industry, which I find that people do tend to just keep taking courses and don't just get going. So I and don't want to say this and create any limiting beliefs about, oh, you need more help. You need someone else telling you what to do, because that is not coaching and that is not help. That's just you trying to fit into someone else's box and never feeling confident. Yeah. It's also, yes, you may have imposter syndrome, but there are a lot of people out there who can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite client to work with? Not particular person, but what's, what is your favorite issue to work with? What do you um, get, get the most satisfaction from working with? Um, relationships, moving on from okay. relationships healing relationships I do a lot of I do coaching I do uh three principles coaching which is mind consciousness and thought and it's really about understanding how the mind works and how we uh, experience life from the inside out and so mm -hmm. for me relationships is I love it because it's all of our relationships bring up the parts in ourselves that are looking for light or looking for healing or looking for uh release Mm -hmm. so that's why I love that work because it always gets to the juicy deep complex stuff <laughs> do, do how you, do you ha oh. how do you handle the question how long will it take oh uh well I have a few different most of my answers to that are a joke so I don't know if you want okay. <laughs> you know because sometimes I'll say probably like probably a lifetime in some ways you yeah. know Cause because we were based on a psychoanalysis of Freud. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> you know, like, but you know, some things I obviously know I have pretty accurate timelines. Like there's mm -hmm. some things I know how many sessions, but I, because I work with complex issues uh, you know, it's not so much about solving an immediate problem. Like if it's a fear or a phobia or say quitting, a, you know, quitting smoking or these types of things, changing a habit, obviously all of that is very quick. When mm -hmm. it's like unraveling, um, you know, 
the self and getting to the true self. Well, there's layers to that. So, so for me, even with my students, I'll say, you know, we just work with them for as long as they work with us and get them Mm -hmm. to a higher place. It's hard for them to hear that when, when that's running their life you say, yeah, sometimes it takes a few sessions, but that's, Mm -hmm. you know, it, well, the, the best, and Martin's heard me say this so many times, I had somebody with fear of driving over bridges, and it was an online, even though he was fairly local to me, I was just, I watched his, I saw it when it happened. I mean, it just went away. Two days later, he hadn't told me he was going on vacation. Um, two days later, he texted me after he was finished driving across the bridge and said, my wife said I was looking around and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just, I mean, he's just, it was just so wonderful. And he said... Do you do weight? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> if we get a weight client. So it's just, yeah, it's it's wonderful to be able to help. And so frustrating that it's still got that woo-woo label. Mm. Yeah, getting back to what you said about complex issues, because um, I have one or two clients that have been quite long-term, I would say. And I, I think with the clients, I'm generalizing from my clients, by the way, but clients with complex issues tends to take longer to build that rapport up for them to want to open up and explain everything to you and for them to feel that confidence in you. I mean, obviously they're confident enough to come and see see me in the mm-hmm. first place, but I, I do feel it takes that longer for them to build that trusting bond before they um, sort of start to reveal all layers of a complex issue, as you say. And you, you said about peeling the layers back of an onion then, didn't you? <laughs> I think that's sometimes because they've been down so many roads trying to find mm-hmm. an answer. Mm-hmm. This is 20th person I have to explain this to. There's CBT, there's, you know, there's just so many. I think that it's not even so much about the hypnosis or the misconceptions. I think it's actually more about that it's very hard it's very hard to just start to ask for help and mm. then start to reveal the parts of ourselves like that we did we ultimately would just be honest about how we're feeling to even start to get help so that's even what I'm hearing right. in what you're mm. saying right. we're really because the- it's yeah. their subconscious they aren't actually examining the reasons very often they're just, this is what they do. This is how they respond to this, the stressor that's coming at them. Well, and I think it seems like a weakness to ask for help. And I think this is happening with the practitioners too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we're saying, you know, you probably need a business coach, but keep going on your own, which is fine. It's just, yeah. I think that sometimes that's the first, like when I think about, I do a lot of work with marketing for the practitioners. And so I always think about, what does the person so so I'll share this with you actually it's a belief mm-hmm. yeah it's like for hypnotists mm-hmm. also is about marketing I have a YouTube video on it actually but oh, this, well, we'll, we'll put the link in the show, in the show notes, notes. Okay, okay great 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 I have a yeah I'll put some free I'll put some free downloads in the comments on that YouTube video so Here's the thing that I found to be awesome about being a hypnotist and being a marketer, because we already have more knowledge than like most about how the belief systems work. And so what I found is like, so, you know, when you're doing a session, even like you were talking about Martin, it's like really getting them from Island A to Island B, where they Mm. are, where they want to be. And then 
ultimately getting them from island A to island B is shifting the beliefs. What do they believe now that's keeping them on island A? What do they need to believe to get them to island B? Yeah. You're with me, right? Absolutely. Okay. So then with marketing, it's the exact same. It's like, what do they need to believe to buy it? Like, what do they need to believe? What do they believe now? And what do they need to believe to say, yes, I'm in. Mm. So that could be different things. So this is where my brain was going the last few days with this, because I'm always thinking like this. And so if you think about it, if they first need to believe that it's okay. Ooh, I'm giving away my secret to my next product here. You guys got me. <laughs> because because think maybe now you'll start to read my email, like on my email list, you'll see, oh, I see what Heather's doing there. But <laughs> you're getting the inside secrets. But let's think about this for a second because everybody goes out and starts saying, hypnotherapy is awesome. It can help with this and this and this and this. But you've got the person sitting there and they still haven't moved from believing that they, that there's help. Like, like, let's say the belief is, um, it's weak to get help Mm -hmm. moving them from Island A to B where they say I'm open would be helping them first believe that it's actually not a weakness to ask for help and keep looking for help. Even if you've already tried before. So what we're seeing here is more, this is better than niching, right? Because this is really looking at, like, say you do work in a certain area, maybe somebody with with anxiety would first need to start to believe that it's possible that there's actually help out there, whatever it is, but it's possible that this could improve. And so then it becomes a lot easier to market because you're talking to people, not to the the technique mm. or the process. Mm-hmm. And I, I might be sounding like a bit of a hypocrite right now because I did build my business teaching people what hypnosis was and how it could help. Mm-hmm. But we're in a different era right now. We're in a different era. People can Google that all the time. They can find that easily now. There's tons of information about the science mm-hmm. of hypnotherapy and what it can help with. And people still might want to know oh, what? It can help with a fear of bridges. Like, it's amazing mm-hmm. how many people that for that, you know, use hypnosis mm-hmm. for that exact problem. Mm. So it's, it's a quite common problem. <laughs> like, I, it actually is. So that's still okay. But what we're really looking at is like, we're the belief shifters. So getting them to like, so say somebody is wanting to do weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, I specialized in weight loss for years and they want to... Uh, bring in weight loss clients. I mean, there's a lot of obvious things that we could say about how hypnosis helps with weight loss. And we could ask chat GPT and it would tell us a whole list. Mm. You know, this information Mm -hmm. is readily available. And, but at the same time, what does, and this is where the ideal client is better than niching is what does your person that you like to work with believe now that is ultimately uh, not stopping them from losing weight is actually stopping them from seeing that shifting their beliefs will help them lose weight. Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. And people can find out more about this from your video on YouTube, is it? Or from your website? I mean, this is for practitioners. Yeah. Because it's basically using your hypnosis skills to market your business. This has whetted my appetite. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> been record I'm actually recording today, so I might just record something <laughs> else too. It's okay. fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're going to put a link to your website in the show notes on our YouTube thing. And we're almost at the top of the hour, and I know you're in a rush. So please, the floor is yours. Please say your final words to our viewers and listeners, Heather. Uh, what oh. you'd like to say about hypnotherapy, about yourself, about your practice. The floor is yours. <laughs> Wow. You know, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for sharing <laughs> your space with me. You two are such a delight. I would come talk to you anytime recorded or not. <laughs> I think it's just great for people to be listening and uh, being, you know, having you two talk about really where you're at and what you're doing. And I do think that that really helps with imposter syndrome in the, in the right <laughs> sense, mm. please, you know? in that way, because the one thing I'm pretty sure we all have in common and probably a lot of people listening have in common is that we truly understand that this is their solutions in a world and at a time when people need real lasting solutions for mm. mental and emotional and psychological health. So Absolutely. in the show notes, there will be all the contact information for Heather. That's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks yeah. so much for coming on, Heather. Thank you. And have oh. fun at your recording. <laughs> yeah, I'll be thinking of you too. You gave me so much. You know, I love talking to other people in the field and chatting with you too. You're so pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to listen to the other podcasts that you did. Okay. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.